With Alan Mosley. Guys, welcome back for another episode of It's Too Late. I am your host, Alan Mosley. It's uh it's good to be back in the studio. Yeah. I had to I had to do this from home last weekend, I know, Blake. I that know, was I a disaster. <laughs> that was a well, disaster. Well, it's good to be back. I'm a okay. little fuzzy today, but that's just, you know, remnant from the last few days. How, uh, so, okay. how are you doing? I know that I know that things were looking a little bit hairy there last weekend, buddy. Well, my wife survived. I'm not quite sure what's been going on, but we've been down for nine straight days with the worst stomach flu the life has ever seen. So not, but not, not the, you know what? We don't know that. It could have been. There is a stomach virus version of L COVID. The, you know what? Oh oh yeah. Then you know what? Don't get us shadow banned on YouTube and Facebook. Like we've been for the last three years. Don't say the C word. Yeah. 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 Um, but, but you're, but you're good now though. Or good, gooder, gooder. We're 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 back. Okay, you know, alive at least, and okay. kind of doing what we got to do. But yeah. Well, you know, some people, some people were sending you well wishes last week. Did you see I, that? I saw a few of them. Yeah, some of them were very sweet, and some of them weren't. But okay. <laughs> what's, what's that supposed to mean? Are you trying to say that some of our regular listeners were not kind to you? I love sarcasm, so you know. I, I know the feels were there, so that's all that matters. You guys out there, and you know who you are, <laughs> Suzanne. <laughs> anyway, so did I? I don't. Are you big into uh, UFC? Are you big into watching MMA, Blake? Dude, the last time I raw I watched wrestling, dude, Hulk Hogan was still okay. The so man, that's so. not what I said yeah. at all. I said, "Are you big into watching MMA?" I didn't say fake wrestling <laughs> garbage. I said mixed martial arts. Do you watch like no. UFC fights? No, no, no. Jesus I know that's real Christ. though. At least that's real. You know. So I mean, we made it all. Look, look, what's the time percent? We made it all two minutes into the show before you ruined it with your just BS. <laughs> that's a record. <laughs> any 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 wrestler would just be murdered by any any fighter in the UFC. By the way. So the reason I bring that, first of all, I, I love I love watching MMA. That's okay. kind of I I really got into that during college. Like I I was I was of an age when I first went to school. This would have been like two thousand four, two thousand five, where Spike TV was playing reruns of UFC all the time. Nice, and that was when it was like first starting to become more popular in the yeah. mainstream. Yeah. And so I, I'm really big into that. And so anyway, okay. you know, all the sport, the sporting world has been shut down during yes. the you know what, what yeah. crisis. Yeah. And the UFC this past weekend had it was a UFC 249. I think they actually okay. had their first event since since the shutdowns. Well, that's good. They did not have fans in the stands. Oh, but it was but they actually held the event and it was broadcast. Like people okay. tuned in and they watched the fights. In some way, it was a little bit eerie to watch because since there's not fans in the stands, you can yeah. hear everything going on. Like you could hear the corners yelling <laughs> advice to the fighters. That you must could have been hear, interesting, though. You could hear the fighters. You could hear, boy, when the leather hits skin, you heard oh, that stuff nice. loud because yeah. there was no ambient crowd 
noise, you know? Yeah. So it was a little bit weird, but I, I, I mean, I love it. So I enjoyed watching it and it's, I think it's, it's definitely a milestone because it's the first big event that they had been canceled. Like this had right. been postponed. This was okay. the postponed date of it, but it was the first big like sporting event or event thing to go on since the shutdowns happened. Right. And so I feel like there's kind of, we're kind of at this tipping point, right? Where uh-huh. you, I feel like we've reached critical mass now where a majority of people are saying, okay, time yeah. to get back on the horse. Oh yeah. Time to get back to work. Here we yep. go. Yep. I just, I can't, I can't spend another minute with my family. <laughs> I got I to gotta <laughs> go. I got to go out. I'm not, I'm, I would never say that no, by I, the I'm way. I love either. spending time yes, at home with Anna Kay. I would, I would never say that. But, you know, uh, you and I went back to work. Yeah. And we were back at work at the end of last week. We were. And, yes, I, we and, were. I, and I wanted to mention that in, in our opening monologue yeah. today before we went to our first break. Right. That I, I went to two different events uh, Friday. Uh-huh. And That's right. And in each, I, I would say the first event, the first event was a ceremony. Uh-huh. And there Wedding, was probably yeah. about 30 people there. Oh, which is surprising. And, and the second event was a private party. Uh-huh. And I would say there's probably about 50 people there. Yeah. And there was not a mask to be seen. Good. Anywhere. <laughs> Good. <laughs> and I talked to people, and this is really important. I, I'd actually commented about this online, but I want to share this on the show. I talked to people because, I mean, you know me. I'm nothing if not a great speaker to people and listener. Sure. <laughs> so I talked to people, young and old, rich and poor, presumably. Uh-huh. Um, I talked to white, black, Latino, uh-huh. uh, all walks of life. Yeah, I bet I, I bet I had a at least of no no less than five minutes worth of conversation with at least thirty different people over the course of those two events. Good. There was not a single person wearing a mask. Okay. There was not a every single one of those people were happy to be there. Yeah. Were happy to be out and about, Good. getting back to life. Not a single one of them agreed with the shutdowns as they were. Now, I'm not speaking for every single one of those people by saying that they didn't think some actions should have been taken. I'm not, right. they're, they're not all, they're not all, you know, yeah. ideologically like me. I'm not saying that. But none of them thought that the way things were handled was the right way. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not surprised at that. Yeah. And you then, know, I'm not surprised at that because, you know, just like you and me, you know, the reality is people are going to do what they're going to do. You know, and, and regardless of what exactly, they, exactly. Know. And then, and then the final thing is, is that here's here's the amazing part of all those people, only one of them had actually had the virus. Really, they actually were very sick. Wow. got tested, confirmed they had it. Wow. Two other people. So you actually met one person that really I did. Had it. I actually, it was the preacher. <laughs> it was the preacher at the ceremony. He had had coronavirus. Oh, so what was he the, was he the, cause the first person to get Corona here was a preacher. Was he that guy? I, I don't know. Might've been that guy. It might've been that it guy. It might've been him. Yeah. What a small world. <laughs> well, it is small Columbia. So. Well, Columbia is not that small. And this, <laughs> yeah, and this, yeah. he's not from Columbia. Wow. He's that's from, crazy. he's from Nashville. Yeah. So that's irrelevant. Well, that's a, here's the thing is that, so one person had it. Two two other people. This is out of thirty. One uh-huh. person had it. Two other people were sick. Uh-huh. They didn't. They don't know if they had it because they never had a test. But they were sick and got better. Oh. None of the rest of the people were sick. 
and none of the rest of the people personally knew anyone who had it. Wow. It's just, and, and I know that this is a small sample size. It's just the, yeah. the point I'm trying to make is, is that you can see life is starting to take place again. Yeah. And That's I good. feel like if you get, if you just get out of the bubble, like I, I stress this on the show sometimes, and, and, and I say this to our own listeners and folks sometimes too. If you just, if you just get off, get off of social media and, and, and turn off the TV, quit listening to the news. If you just go out and talk to people, I think you will find that in, in, in your sample size may not be much bigger or, or even smaller than mine, but I think you will find that a lot of what we, we use like normal folks, like, like you see people on TV and you can't help but think, well, those aren't normal people. Like anyone on TV is not a normal person. Anyone right. on the news is not a normal person. No. <laughs> I'm just, no. just, just salt of the earth people. Yeah. I think if you just talk to people and you, you, you will find that a lot of them, I'm not saying that they're ideologically all the same, right. but I can, but I can tell you that I feel like a lot of people have very similar opinions about not being happy with the way government handles things quite often. Not surprising. Yeah. And sometimes it may be that they wanted more instead of less, and you may yeah. have wanted less instead of more. I'm just saying that a lot of people weren't happy with the status quo, and a lot of people were ready to get back to work. Yeah. And and it shows. And so that that is that is encouraging. Yes, it's it really is. I, it I is. was I actually was really happy when I was driving home Friday night. That's good. um, Because I was just thinking about all the people that I had talked to and thinking, wow, that's that's a lot of different people from a lot of different strokes and and all pretty much uniformly believed, you know what, come Monday morning, I'm ready. I'm ready to get back at it. So that that was good. Yeah, that's that's very encouraging. And you know what's even furthermore is there's UFC fights tonight. Okay. You can't watch them, of course, because you're going to be watching this show. Right. Because, I mean, we're exactly. live right now. We're on right now at 8 yeah. o'clock in yeah. your region. And yeah, it's, yeah. and you're so you're watching us instead I'm of you. Right but when this is over, when yes. we're done, you can go watch the UFC fights. Right. And, and I, you know, like I said, I mean, if you're an MMA fan, you probably would have watched them anyway. But to me, it wasn't about the fact. It wasn't about that particular sport. It could have been a a baseball game. It could have been a basketball game. Yes. Just the point being was, it's just to see life moving on. That's right. That's the important thing. That's the thing. encouraging. That's the you know what thing. else needs to move on? What? It's this freaking show. That's right. Yep. This show needs to move on. It's time for a commercial <laughs> break. We're going to be right back. <laughs> If you're enjoying tonight's show, consider supporting the program by becoming a member of our Patreon. That's over at patreon.com slash Alan Mosley. Hey, uh, hey Blake. Yeah. What time is it? Whoa! This is our second <laughs> Lord of the Rings meme in three weeks. Yeah, you kind of got like a thing going. I, I know, you? I know, but it, it's just so yeah. good. Yeah, First, okay, so if you don't, don't if you don't get this, just go go watch Lord of the Rings. Yeah. You can't right now because you, you you're watching to. this show. Right. But when this show's over, go watch Lord of the Rings. <laughs> so the 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 one ring is the Constitution, and Democrats say, "Cast it into the fire, destroy it." And Republicans say, "Okay." Okay. Well, that's because, of course, Isildur yeah. in the actual 
yeah. in the actual Lord of the Rings, he said no because he decided to keep the ring rather than destroy it because right. of the temptation, blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But it, that's what... That's what yeah. right. Okay, so anyway, get, get yeah. that out of here. Uh, yeah, it was, well, it was two weeks ago now that we had yeah. the uh, the hobbits were hiding from the cop yeah. policing yeah. The, the mask. I and, remember yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> that, does that feel like that was like two months ago? No. It does to me. Well, that, no, that, yeah, I guess I, what you're saying is, yeah, it does feel like it was a while ago. Well, it's, it's, it's because it you weren't a long week. It's because you weren't here last week. No, I, yeah. The, the I was blank. fearing for my wife's life. That's what I was doing. Wondering if she was going to make it. The, blank, the show's just it. not the same without you. I know. It isn't. I saw Anna Kay's wall in your apartment behind you the whole time. It was just totally different from the beautiful cityscape you have right now. Well, I mean, yeah, it just... <laughs> What you, I mean, I have a green screen, but I don't. I don't. No, well, I mean, we built space. We built a set here. Yeah, I know. A green screen is cheap. Like a green screen is just for funny little bits. It's okay. not for a set. Well, at least you admit it. Like if you if you do a show out there where you use a green screen to make your set as opposed uh -huh. to constructing a set, you are cheap. You are cheap. It, <laughs> of course, I'm not counting our friends Dave and Mary over at Liberty Late Night. They, okay I'm, them, they are though. totally not yeah. cheap. They yeah, are above legit. board, very very rich, very professional. <laughs> but everyone else who uses a green screen, cheap. Cheapskates. Build a set. Cheap. I mean, this isn't a set. This is a window. That's yeah. that's that's yeah. Columbia. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's Columbia. <laughs> Oh, man. Wow. I don't know. You know, the one bad thing about having done the live show with the studio audience here is you know what? all those people were sitting here thinking that's not what it looks like. <laughs> that's They got to see the reality because just to the right and the left of you is nothing but duct tape and bubble gum. I'm, my, I'm <laughs> staying in town. That's not what it looks like. <laughs> hey, shut up. <laughs> anyway, let's do the viewer yeah. mail, shall we? Here we go. That's how I respond to every text. But it's but it's time for viewer mail. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know why that that's my voice for the audience. <laughs> so this is my voice, and Blake, your voice is, is Blake. Well, you know, my voice is... And, and no, that's not your voice. <laughs> Just stop it. And the audience the audience talks no, like this. Talks like you, you guys are taking too long. I'm yeah. tuning. I'm going to oh, go yeah. watch UFC. Don't leave yet. Don't don't leave. It's gonna yet. get better. We promise. <laughs> what are you talking about? This is the this is the single best show on the it web. Is, this is yeah. this show is so what much could, better than the garbage that's yes. out there. What it's could you ridiculous. Want to watch other than this? It's ridiculous. I don't know. It's, you're you're yeah. ridiculous. Come on. Eric from Gainesville, Florida, writes: Dear Alan and Blake, uh -huh. will Creepy Joe make it to the general? Uh, yes. So I know that a lot of people are just are just expecting that like the the corpse formerly known as Joe. Biden's going to be wheeled out and they're going to move in Hillary or somebody like that. Um, so I, I, I guess I'm not saying that that's not possible. I, that's totally possible. Mm -hmm. But at this point, I still think that it will be Joe because I just don't, I don't think that they're quite ready yet to do something that establishment breaking. I think that the general election will have officially begun and Joe Biden will will be the Democratic nominee. I don't know if it's going to stay that way, yeah. but I think technically he will make it. So there's there's that. They might pull a switcheroo on us halfway through it. There. Well, I think I th I I mean, like I said, there's a chance that yeah. that might happen. But mm -hmm. at this point, like, you ever see how like sometimes and and maybe people deal with this personally. It's it it's kind of like if someone says you can't do something, then you feel compelled to do it. Yeah. And and vice versa, if someone says that. 
oh, oh, this is totally going to happen, then you uh-huh. kind of want to upset that yeah. just to prove. Yeah, just to, just to mess things I up. I feel like that there's there's actually a fair amount of people that think Joe won't be the nominee because he will. his brain literally will turn to goo and fall yeah. out of his ear, which is happening before our eyes. Yeah, it seems all like very And that they're going to replace him. Yeah. I, I think that a lot of people do think that. Uh-huh. And so since it's kind of, it's like, it's like it's been memed into reality, oh, like yeah. so many people think that that could happen, uh-huh. that I feel like the DNC establishment now will fight tooth and nail uh-huh. to keep him in the mix. Right. Even if he's literally falling apart. Right. Just, just like out of spite yeah. at this point. I, I, I don't be, know. I don't know. That's, I, that's. I think it'll be really interesting to find out who his vice presidential choice will be because it, that's the guy you got to keep your eyes on. Even though, even though I think that there's a possibility that he could be replaced. Uh-huh. I, I think that, I think that people get carried away sometimes. I think people, yeah. uh, p- people think of something being a possibility and it gets talked about and talked uh-huh. about and talked uh-huh. about. And it gets talked about so much that people think that that is, th- that it then becomes the most likely thing. Right. I can sit here and talk about winning the lottery all day, <laughs> but it's not it going to become gonna more likely because I talked about <laughs> right. it. So Whew. it would still be a shock if he weren't because that would be something that never yeah. happens. So right. anyway, there you go. There you go. Uh, Celeste from Niagara Falls, New York writes, uh, Dear Alan and Blake, are you good at hula hooping? Or Blake, are you good at hula hooping? Been a while. I used to be able to do it. My daughter rocks at it. Now, yeah. now I've seen you. Uh-huh. I've seen you introduce hula hoops to your audiences yeah. when you've run events before as oh, yeah. contests. Well, so you you've know, never, as a DJ, you have to have a certain set of skills. But you've you never, know? so you've you've ever done the, <laughs> hey guys, this is how it's done. Yeah. Oh, I no. I I'm I'm kind of a short, wobbly sort of a dude. So you know, it's <laughs> I could probably do a tractor tire. I don't know. So just everyone at home, <laughs> I I don't want you to be concerned. Blake is not short and wobbly because <laughs> there's anything physically wrong with him. He's short and wobbly because he does cocaine. That's, no, that, that, that's that's why that's why. <laughs> Uh, Suzanne from Colville, Utah writes, dear Alan and Blake, Mm -hmm. do you put both socks on before your shoes or one sock, one shoe, then the other? Who does that? Wait, wait, hold on. Who does what? Which one? Hold on. You, you gotta put both socks on first. Like, why would you put a sock on and then a shoe and a sock? And it just seems like extra work. I don't know. It's the exact same amount of steps. It's it's just what order you do them in. This is why you can't participate in viewer mail. I disagree. That's insulting. I mean, come on. How could you possibly do that? That that would drive me bonkers if I did that. I have to put both socks on, then both shoes. That's it. That's how that's how people do it. If you don't do it like that, you're let's not, talk. You're not. That's how people do it, Suzanne. That's right how people and if do you it, don't do it like that, Blake it, says you're not a person. <laughs> wow. Man, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start putting on a sock and a shoe now. No, you're not. This is then going I'm back going to, to the previous question. Foot dirty, so that you could suffer. This for is. That I'm gonna start doing that now, oh, just to spite you, just like we were talking about before. I hope you get athlete's foot. But it's the same <laughs> number of steps. You're still putting matter. on two socks it's and putting principle. on two shoes. It's, it's just what order, dude. Come I, on. There's, Come on, man. You you seem angry today. Are you all right? <laughs> are you good? Yeah, I'm good. I asked you in the that, monologue that, how that things are going. Had me triggered. I don't know why. I I asked. I should have. Uh, I should have asked how you were feeling. I, I'm feeling good. Are you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Andrew from Coatesville, Pennsylvania writes, uh, Dear Alan and Blake, why is a pig like a fish? Because they both have gills except for the pig. What? 
So Andrew, so so the viewer mail segment is you, for questions, questions for the viewers to ask me and Blake. Not rambling. It's not of for insanity. your puns. You don't you don't set up your own puns during our viewer mail. So the I guess technically the question okay. is why is a pig like a fish? But he answers it because it's really just he basically did a knock knock joke without the knock knock or the joke. Yeah. I'm going to, you know what? You need to start screening these before we. What do you mean? They don't send them to me first. They send them to you. <laughs> we need, we need an assistant. Who... How about that blurry camera right there? That's about what everything looks that's like. That's what you look like. Yeah, that's what it's because like. it's because you need to lay off the powder. That's I've been because telling you. I haven't you. had a shave. I've, I've been telling I'm kind of hiding the fact of it. Uh, Jeff from Gillette, Pennsylvania writes, uh-huh. uh, dear Alan and Blake, are yes. some people more equal than others? No. Um, Yes. What? They totally are. Like, like I know because of your feely feels, you say, oh, no. Anyway. Wait. Ju- no. No, we're moving what? on. We've moved on. Shut up. Fuck. Shut up. Shut up. Ugh. I'm testing your compressor. Shut Equal. up. Equal. Uh, Jonathan from Colville, Washington writes, this is, all right, all right buckle up. Uh-oh. Are you ready for this one? Oh, boy. All right, here we go. <laughs> So I have these tenants that won't leave. They've okay. been renting my property for about six months, and we no longer wanted to rent it out. Sure. I gave them a notice of termination of mm-hmm. their month-to-month lease. I gave them 45 days, even though the state requires 20. Okay. They're really picky about chemicals and only using natural products. Would it be a NAP violation, the non-aggression principle for the layman, okay. to have my property bug bombed to remove the pests. <laughs> wow. So, okay. Uh, so, this, all this right. So I'll start, I'll start. Hold on. Hold on. Hold I'm on. the host of this damn show, okay, by well, the way. Okay. Would yeah. you quit talking over me? Sure. Okay. Okay. What? You've got to stop. Dude, I worry <laughs> you need to get help. This We're going to have an intervention for you. You've been doing way too much. <laughs> so, any, so I'm going to, I'm going to start with you. Okay. If you had renters, yeah. And and you were terminating their lease mm-hmm. and you had given them more so like more than double the required time mm-hmm. and they were refusing to move out. Mm-hmm. How would you handle it and is bug bombing the property one of the answers? Well, seeing that I'm not, you know, licensed to give any legal advice or so on and so forth, I would say I just have to get the old sheriff out to the door. But bug bombing? Nah. But you know, it depends on what state you're in. So, oh, he folded his arms. Well, I got to think about this for a second because okay, so here's here's the thing. Remember, it can't violate the nap, right? Well, but it's his property, though. Yeah, it's true. They're they're trespassing at this point. Absolutely. So, I I I love the little tongue in cheek of bug bombing to remove the pests. It's great. I guess what I would say is, is that there's, there, there is something to be said about, you know, like we believe in proportional force and like, you know, if someone steps on your foot and it's an, especially if it's by accident, you know, you can't shoot them in the face. Yeah. Like that's, that's silly. That's, we don't believe in that. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I ultimately I'm a, I guess I would technically say that this is aggression in the sense that that's not, it's not necessary to do it that way. Okay. What I will say is, if you do do it that way, write us back with the results. Heck yeah, man. (laughs) Anyway, we'll be right back after this break. (laughs) 
Your ad could be playing right now, reaching thousands of potential customers. Sadly, it's not, but it could be. Find out how to be an advertised sponsor for It's Too Late with Alan Mosley. Email us at alan at funnybroke.com. You know what I um, what? you know what I remembered uh, what? just the other day that I'd forget because it's been a couple of weeks since okay. you've been here because you've been laid yeah. up coming off of your yeah. cocaine high. Stop it. Um, do do you remember like so we we tasted the Impossible Whopper? Yes, we did. Of course. And I found out through the grapevine mm-hmm. that KFC has a thing like they yeah. have an Impossible Chicken type. Yeah. I don't know what they call it. I'm sure they call it something different. I'm sure. Yeah. But they have something like that. Right. It's coming. Uh-oh. It's coming. It's gonna happen. Oh god! It's gonna. It's gonna happen. Stay tuned, folks. It's gonna get ugly up in here. <laughs> so, so remember. So remember, we're planning. We're like, we're planning the big fundraising episode, and we're gonna have yeah, the goats yeah. and all that stuff. Uh-huh, sure. I think we're gonna taste test the impossible chicken on that. Nasty. Okay. Well, I you say nasty. You ate the whole thing. I was hungry. Bro. You ate the whole. Th- I've been. Dude. You ate the whole thing. I, I don't even want to hear it. I, I anyway. Did. The article in the stack tonight, this was actually a suggestion from our friend Suzanne. She says, hey, have you talked about contact tracing? So we're going to talk about oh, contact tracing. So, so pull up the article here. This one, I believe this was on CBS News. Lost your job? Consider becoming a contact tracer. So this is from Megan Cerullo with, with uh, CBS. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll explain what contact tracing is in, in the uh, progress of the article. So I, w- I want to read a little bit of this. As U.S. unemployment soars to historic levels, fact, uh, the hottest job of the year could be a lifesaver, contact tracing. Containing the coronavirus as the economy gradually reopens has created an urgent need for hundreds of thousands of people trained to identify infected individuals and track down anyone and everyone they could have exposed to the virus. The Karen Squad. The Karen Squad. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. In the absence of a federal plan, some city and state health departments are already seeking to fill thousands of these positions. Experts estimate, this is, this is important, experts estimate that between 100,000 and 300,000 contact tracers who can earn up to $65,000 a year will be needed nationwide based on state populations and projected COVID-19 infection rates. Stasi's coming, folks. That's, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pause several times during this to reflect, but right off the bat, just we haven't even got into what this is and what they plan to do. But 100000 to 300000 up to $65,000 per year in salary. So just, just, just so that you realize, if we're taking the upper estimates, if if the state were to hire three hundred thousand people and pay them sixty five thousand dollars a year, that's almost twenty billion dollars. Where does that come from? I don't know. Like, <laughs> I I just it's 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 mind blowing that people can just say, you know what, we we ought to have something. So let's just just have it. You want to have something? Just have it. Yeah. Just just do it. It's I guess just, we just have that a money easy. replicator in Washington or something. I don't know. I do think that it's a fantastic job for people who have been furloughed, and it's something that people can be trained to do, said Roger Sapiro, a professor of medicine at the Harvard School of Public Health. That's how you know he's a DSer, as we used to say. It takes some training, but it's not impossible to train almost anybody with reasonable social skills who can work off a script, begin a conversation with people, convey a few key messages, and collect data. 
Shapiro expects demand for contact tracers to jump as businesses start to reopen and Americans resume ordinary activities, which public health experts warn could cause virus inf inflections to flare. It's wonderful to have growth industry right now, given the state of the economy. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm going to save that for a second. Hold on. Uh, yeah, okay. so, so what is contact tracing? Yeah. You, you may have heard that. That's, that's the new buzzword. There's been so many new buzzwords and phrases. What is contact tracing? Contact tracing is a tried and true approach to containing infections. It's commonly used to contain uh, STDs and tuberculosis. Contact tracers identify infected individuals based on test results obtained by city and state health departments. They then cont uh, contact people, initially by phone in most cases, who have tested positive. Tracers will ask them to recall the names of everyone with whom they've had recently come into contact and then warn those people of their potential exposure. Advise them to self-quarantine and provide them with access to resources they might need in order to follow protocol. Oh, they get, now, get a yellow star next? Now, here's, here's a couple of things to keep in mind. Notice that they're not they're not coming out and saying that they're going to resort to force. Force is violence. Coercion is force. Force mm -hmm. is violence. They're not saying out front that they're going to resort to violence. They're saying they're 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 going to advise them to self quarantine. But then right after that, they say in order to follow protocol. So that that reeks to me of this double speak where they're not coming out and telling you, oh yeah, we're totally going to basically employ an army of people to track people down and we're going to tell them basically you're under house arrest. They're not coming out and saying that. Right. But the implication is, so first of all, the, if you're having to follow protocol, it seems like they're kind of saying it but not saying it. Mm -hmm. And the second thing is, is that, but, but what if people don't? That's always the question. That's always the question in every single issue like this that, but, but what if people don't? If you put together these guidelines and then people don't follow. Right. If you, if you track people down, these, these other people, these people that you uh, surmise are doing, are doing an activity or have been exposed to a thing you don't want or don't like, and what if they just keep doing it? Then, then what? That's always the question. Well, yeah. then what? Then force, right? Well, yeah. Then, then you know, yeah. lock them up. That's what always happens. Or hurt them. That's what yeah. always happens. Uh, contact tracer. Oh yeah, we just read that. Uh, the containment method is most effective at disrupting transmission when an infected person's contacts are immediately notified that they have been exposed. So again, it only seems like any of that works if they follow along. Right. And what if they don't? That's always the question for me. What if people, first, what if they don't agree on, on some level of this chain of command. What if they don't agree? What if they don't agree that contact tracing is legitimate? What if they don't agree with you? They what if they don't, what if they don't like being tracked down yeah. and they don't feel like that they're, they no should story. be put under scrutiny that they, that that's not legitimate. And then ultimately, even if all, even if you accept all that, what if you give them guidelines and they say, take your guidelines and shout it, then what's next? That's always going to be the uh -huh. question. There's never going to be a clear answer because they don't want to be made out to be the bad guys. Um, so, so anyway, I want to get to the, the economic point of that. So we already talked about how it would basically, they're talking about saying, oh, well, we'll just, we'll just have a state budget of 20 billion more dollars to hire a bunch of content, a bunch of Karens to track people <laughs> yeah. down. And then, and then this, 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 uh, official, this doctor, this professor, excuse me, at the Harvard School of Public Health, he's not an economist. 
that's so important during all of the shutdowns, yeah. during all the quarantines, during all this mess. They talk to, of course, they talk to the epidemiologists. They want to learn a little bit about how infections spread. And that's fair. If you want to learn something, learn something. By the way, when you talk, say, let's talk to the experts, it's one thing to say, well, we're going to find experts in a certain field to talk about a thing. But it's also worth mentioning that there are ex- there, you can talk to different experts that have competing opinions. Right. They can disagree. That doesn't mean that one expert is automatically the right one and the other one's the wrong one. That means they disagree. And that's something that's been heavily overlooked during all this. But they're not economists. And when you're talking about shutting down the economy, when you're talking about basically locking people up in their homes and not letting them go to work, you should also be talking to economists. Because if a bunch of people go broke and starve or whatever, then that's going to cause a lot of hardship in the same way that being ill causes a hardship. Exactly frankly, much worse. Yeah. So it's, so this guy's not an economist and he says the phrase, uh, the, so these people are going to be needed, right? And so he says, uh, it's wonderful to have a growth industry right now, given the state of the economy. I take great exception with this and, yeah. and I'll explain why. In his mind, he's thinking there's people out of work. They need to make a buck. We'll give them a job. They're making money nice and tidy, right? Like that's the, you put a bow on it, you're done. That's the whole scenario. You have a person, they need money. You give them a job to make money. Now they have money, the end. But he, he, he specifically uses the, the word growth in talking about the state of the economy. But if you're just a Karen whose only job is, is to just run people down and go, Hey, don't do that. Yeah. Hey, Hey, lock yourself up. You're sick. If they're not, they're not producing anything. Right. The, the economy is, is about production and consumption. Mm -hmm. And if you still have people consuming, they're still eating food. They're still using toilet paper as as an example. Um, they're still, they're still driving their cars to and fro and, and needing supplies and, and whatever the things you do during the day, people are still consuming. But if a bunch of people are not working, which means they're not producing new goods to be consumed, and if all of these people you're putting to work, those people are not producing anything. They're, they're, they're allegedly providing this service, but they're not really providing a service. They're just right. being the Gestapo for the state. They're, but they're not producing goods. So all those people who are going to supposedly get this job to get paid so they can go buy bread, but they're not producing bread. And if all the people who make bread are not making bread, then they can have a job and make money go looking for people who are sick. But that doesn't make more bread for them to spend the money on. Exactly. The economy is about production and consumption. And the right. production part is a very, very, frankly, the very most important. important part. A lot of people are confused, especially your Keynesian economist types. They only look at consumption. They, they look at wages. They look at jobs. Like, well, everybody's got to have a job. Everyone makes money. That's why they print money. It's like, well, we'll just print a bunch of money and we'll just give everybody money. And now that everyone's got money, they can just go buy the things they need. But what about the things? What if there's no things to buy with the money? What exactly. if the money is worthless and, and, and you have to use a lot more money in order to buy things because the money's not worth as much? But what if there's no things for you to buy? Exactly. We've seen this already. We've yeah. seen the stores where the, the meat section is empty. You've seen there, there's, there's no toilet paper. I, I, I can't help but giggle a little bit every single time. But day. still, it's, it's still a perfectly legitimate example. You don't, you don't need toilet paper to live. You don't eat it or drink it. 
But still, you can identify products that are not on the shelves right now. Yeah. So you getting a job being a Karen is irrelevant if you can't go buy the things you need. Exactly. I don't know. I don't know why I do things that make me mad. This is making me upset. So, so anyway, I, I want to re- read a little bit later in the uh, article. So they're actually, they actually kind of voiced this article as they're advertising. They're advertising this job and that we're going to need people, so let's find them. Uh, and they talk a little bit about apps, by the way. They say apps can help too. Apple and Google have made tools available to public health organizations so they can develop contact tracing apps that allow coronavirus positive individuals to record their diagnoses and use Bluetooth technology to alert other app users that they have been in close proximity. I love the phrase in there that they say that allow individuals. That's the same thing. So in in the same way, in the same way they use the terminology of we're just going to notify you and we're going to advise you to do things. They don't come out and say we're going to force you to do things. But the implication is there that if they if they have the tools and they have the information, then they have the ability to force you when people don't want to be tracked and don't want to be forced. And the same thing here. They're going to allow individuals to record their diagnosis and follow these steps. But it's a slippery slope between phrasing it else. Oh, we're just, we're going to use these apps to allow people to, we're going to use these apps to track you and make you do it. That's right. It's, it's, I, I can't believe that people can't see that. And by the way, shame on any of the big tech companies or social medias who go along with the government to track people down and use their information against them. How dare you? Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, for one, you, you shouldn't be on a platform where they're tracking you and taking your personal information. Uh, but two, shame on them as 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 because they're they're companies, but companies are people. Companies are run by human beings. They're, yeah. Shame on them for going along with this. So it says, "Do I need experience? What skills are required?" This whole article is literally an basically a job posting for this crap. Applicants for contact tracer positions don't need a background in healthcare, but strong interpersonal skills and empathy are a must. If they had any empathy, they wouldn't be <laughs> going along be. with this garbage. So, for, yeah, so forget that. Um, while a layperson can be trained in public health procedures, a familiarity with one's community in order to access contacts and the ability to engender trust in others are also essential qualities. I love that they put that in there because I have been saying on this show for weeks, I've said this many times in previous episodes that the power, the authorities will never have to come get you. They won't have to enforce their will because your neighbors will do it for them. Mm -hmm. This whole article is a call to arms to your neighbors to sign them up and they're going to pay them to hunt you down if you do something they don't want. Today it's coronavirus, yeah. but tomorrow it can be something else. The point being is, is that they have the tools and the know-how and the capability, and they have the willing participants to That's go right. along with it to hunt people down. I can't, it's, I can't believe it, it's, it's what's sad to me is, is that, look, I understand this is not a, it's not a hoax. I get that it's a real virus. I get that there's people that have been sick and, and that's very sad. But I think it's a shame that people people really miss the forest from the trees a little bit here. And and it's so easy for people to get caught up in what, what may very well be a genuine emergency and that to be used as an excuse to throw to the wayside their principles. Yeah. 
and and again they're dude it's going to be your neighbors i'm i actually i actually balk at the $65,000 a year dude these people will do it for free yeah like He's all the hotlines all the hotlines they had set up where people could call and report uh -huh. businesses and and low in your neighbors saying hey yeah. that guy's going outside too much hey that business has got too many people in there they're not social distancing they're not paying those people no. they're doing it for free man yeah. They're doing it for free. I can't believe they even offer them any money. They'll do it for free. So here's the last part of it. So who's hiring? So these are some of the people that are already employing contact tracers. In New York State, Governor Andrew Cuomo ugh, last week announced that the state will hire up to 17,000 tracers as part of a reopening strategy in coordination with Bloomberg, Philanthropies, and John Hopkins University. New York City's Department of Health and Mental Hygiene um, has partnered with the Fund for Public Health in New York City to hire its own core of contact tracers. So there, they'll earn $65,000 a year. Amazing. Yeah. In California, Governor Gavin Newsom has said he wants 10,000 contact tracers investigating webs of transmission throughout the state. Investigating webs of trans... They, they make it sound like like it's the old, like the detective stories like where... Like drug dealers. Like they've yeah. got, you know, the billboard and they use the yarn to connect the different people. Like, oh yeah. my God. They're, they're <laughs> like, this, this is predatory. They're both preying on people to make them sound like this is a sexy thing to do and to make it sound like you're helping society. Uh -huh. And then those people will then prey on the rest of us. Yeah. Uh, Massachusetts recently announced plans to recruit a thousand individuals to conduct contact tracing activities in concert with Boston nonprofit Partners in Health. Its job description cites the need for, quote, excellent interpersonal skills and, quote, the ability to interact professionally with culturally diverse individuals during a time of crisis and distress. While fluency in English is required, the ability to speak a second is also valuable, according to the job posting. Uh, no salary advertised there. Uh, Georgia Department of Public Health advertising openings for contact tracers, earning up to $15 per hour. So that's still not bad. Minimum qualifications, a high school diploma, excellent interpersonal skills, and more. Washington, D.C., uh, contract uh, public health court, uh, social enterprise, is helping local and state agencies screen and train people who want to become contact tracers. So uh, that's, that's the beautiful thing is that so there's the people, there's going to be, they're, they're, so they're going to hire an army of bureaucrats to train an army of bureaucrats yep. to spy on you. Damn, that's that's totally what it is. Like, I can't Scozzi, believe that people man. don't don't see it for what it is. That's totally oh, what it is. Gosh. And and again, I'm I'm gonna I'm coming full circle here. Is that basically they're saying, well, let's just let's just throw another twenty billion dollars into the pot into this whole crisis so that we can hire a bunch of bureaucrats to train a bunch of bureaucrats to spy on American citizens. And then, and then here's, and here's the ultimate kicker in the same way that when regulations and laws tend to get passed, they tend not to be reformed or repealed. Yeah. When government gets its foot in the door, it tends to stay there. When, when all of these people are hired, let's, let's just say hypothetically six weeks from now, the virus is all but kaput. Yeah. They're going to lay off all those people. Yeah. I don't think they will. No. I think they're going to hire a bunch of bureaucrats, and just like with every other governmental agency, they're going to justify their budgets year in and year out. If anything, they're going to be want, wanting to be paid more because they're going to say, well, but imagine how much worse it would be without us. 
Yeah, imagine, imagine cause to yes, that's how, that's how it always is. It's yeah. that, well, but we need a bigger budget next uh -huh. year because, because now we're going after people who are dangerous with guns. Well, no, well, that, that yeah. being here to there, but, but well, but you know, the, the virus will come back next year and uh -huh. it'll, it'll infect way more people if we're not diligent. Uh -huh. That's what it'll always be is that we have to remain diligent. Therefore we have to continue hiring and employing all these bureaucrats. And, and finally to really drive the point home, I'll say it again. If they go out and hire a couple hundred thousand more public sector employees, uh -huh. those people don't produce anything. They don't. They don't produce mm -hmm. anything. You can't eat what they're bringing. You right. can't drink what they're bringing. You don't sleep on it. It doesn't keep your house warm. It doesn't keep your family fed. That's right. not providing. That is just, that is nothing but a drain on society and on the Medley. economy. I wonder if they'll hire me. <laughs> yeah, I think you should be a, one of these uh, tracer guys. I think I should. Yeah. They give I you one I of should. those Karen haircuts and a great big glasses with gold rims on them. You know, you know what they'll do, though? Be hot. You know what they'll do, though, is they'll have a whole bunch of people want that want that easy government money. So they'll oh, yeah. hire a bunch of people. And actually, actually, I take that back. This is this is the this is the silver lining on the cloud. Uh -huh. In the same way that bureaucrats are useless and government is terrible at everything it does, they'll end up hiring a bunch of lazy losers to these jobs who they themselves, their purported job, they'll be terrible at it. And so since they're all terrible at their jobs, we'll all be okay. Yeah, we'll be And of course, we'll be out $20 billion to pay these fools, yeah, but, we but we'll be okay because printer, they're terrible at know. their jobs. That's, that's the, I mean, that's the only silver lining yeah. I can think of. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, well. I was, this show was really feeling upbeat until right about now. <laughs> Why do you do this, Blake? It isn't my fault. Like segment three, you always pull out some sort of gnash your teether. You know, this is sure. this this one's Suzanne's fault. Oh my, Suzanne actually just messaged me. I'm going to oh, message her back. I'm actually going to do this live on air. Suzanne's going to get a kick out of this when she actually watches this. I'm recording the show right as we speak, and I just blamed you yep. for it being crappy. Well, I wouldn't go that far. I'm going to see after the commercial break if she writes me back. We're going to go to a commercial break. us on our Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash funnybroke. You can follow me on Twitter. It's twitter.com at Alan M. Mosley. Subscribe to us on our YouTube page. It's youtube.com slash funnybroke. So, um, I haven't heard back from Suzanne yet. <laughs> I, I, she might not write back. Uh-oh. Oh, no, she oh, says, there it is. There it is. she says, uh, I'll take a bow. <laughs> 
Anyway, so that last segment, we're way oh, over time. We actually oh, yeah. had to skip a segment. We're, oh, we're yeah. done. Yeah. The show's over. We're, oh, yeah. we're ending the show a segment early. Yeah. It's all Suzanne's fault. Yeah. So yes. type down in chat. If you're watching the live, you can catch the live premieres, by yeah. the way, at 9 o'clock Eastern time at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash funnybroke. That's when these episodes premiere Wednesday nights, 9 o'clock Eastern time. If you're watching the show right now and you're in the live chat, type at Suzanne Sherman and say thank you for your service. <laughs> um... Yeah. I mean, I had some other stuff, but I'm just, I'm going to yeah. save it until we, I've got a few pretty deep topics along with some funny stuff okay. for the next few weeks. Yeah. Our, we have a funny episode coming up yep. and a fundraiser, and then we've got some, uh, we've got some cool reviews and some other things coming along with our impossible chicken. I'm telling you, huh. we're getting the impossible chicken. You're going to make me eat that, aren't you? I'll, I'm going to taste test it with you. The difference okay. is, okay. is I taste tested it. I took a bite said this is my opinion yep. and i put it down have you had it yet you didn't i haven't had the impossible okay. chicken yet. okay so no. you haven't had it so uh does it come an extra crispy i i don't i don't i don't know i'm, I'm gonna find i'm gonna find out we're gonna do it live we're gonna do okay. it live on air man okay. we're I'm doing only, it i'm excited all right you're you're exci- oh you're excited i know you're excited because you'll eat anything free chicken buddy <laughs> i mean i i mean i hope is. it I, I tell you what, if it tastes like KFC chicken, it's it'll be okay. Yeah, it, be KFC's okay. not my favorite, but I, I love buy. that your only question was, does it come in extra crispy? <laughs> I love that. Um, I'm planning on talking about the uh, the Waco series that was on Netflix, but yeah. we're going to do that on a future episode. Yeah. Um, I'm going to address the whole Ahmaud Arbery uh, murder a little bit, along with the Duncan Limp murder. I haven't talked about either of those, and they're kind of heavy topics for the show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I do have a unique perspective on that. Okay. Um, but we don't have any time. No. Because uh, we ran out of time yep. talking about Suzanne's contact tracing article, yep. and it made That's me right. mad. Yep. That's what happens. Yeah. All right. So now that the show's over, uh, watch, roll the credits, and then go watch the UFC fights That's and, right. and enjoy them with me. A couple of guys beating each other up. <laughs> As long as they're beating each other up and not beating each other off, right? Well, hey. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to another episode of It's Too Late with Alan Mosley, and we will see you next week.